The quest to quash dissenting viewpoints continues. Joe Biden unveils his radical plans as the media praise him to the skies, and Republican senators consider whether to impeach Trump after he leaves office. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. This show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Stop putting your online data at risk. Stop that. Get protected at expressvpn.com. It's a brand new week with brand new news. We'll bring you all of it in one second. First, let me tell you, you don't need to spend as much money as you're spending on your cell phone bill right now. You're spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars too much on your cell phone bill. Probably because a lot of those big carriers, they'll tell you that you need unlimited talk and unlimited text and unlimited data. You don't need unlimited data. That is how they are getting you. Here is what you actually need. Unlimited talk, text, six gigs of data for just 30 bucks a month from my friends over at Pure Talk USA. When your family switches to Pure Talk from AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, you could save over $800 a year, which is a lot of money, actually. No gimmicks, no fluff added to your bills. That's why Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs. They're on the same network as one of the big carriers, but they are charging you half. Again, that's unlimited talk, text, six gigs of data for just 30 bucks a month. What happens if you go over on the data usage, they're not even going to charge you for it, so you have nothing to lose. Grab that mobile phone, dial pound 250, say Ben Shapiro. When you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. Dial pound 250, say keyword Ben Shapiro. Pure Talk USA is simply smarter wireless. Go check them out right now. Dial pound 250, say keyword Ben Shapiro. Pound 250, say keyword Ben Shapiro. Okay, so the continuous attempt by the media to use the capital right as an excuse to basically shut down the political opinion of half the country. That is an ongoing thing. It is not going to stop. And it's going to be the story of the next several years. By the way, I said this literally the day of the riots. The theme of the of the show, the day after the riots, was twofold. One, what we just saw was evil. It was an outgrowth of people believing things that are not true and buying into a conspiratorial mindset. That was theme number one. Theme number two was the left is going to use this as a baton for the next several years in order to club into submission anybody, anybody who opposes any element of their agenda. See, right now, there are some Republicans who are receiving, quote-unquote, strange new respect from the left. And these are people who very often I like, people like Senator Ben Sass from Nebraska, people like Liz Cheney from Wyoming. Do you actually think that Democrats, for more than five seconds, are going to appreciate Liz Cheney and Ben Sass? Do you think that's going to happen? you think the media, five minutes from now, are going to be talking about the wonders of Liz Cheney and Ben Sass? That's not to say that what they have been saying or doing is wrong. It's just to point out that the left is completely untrustworthy. I'm not talking about Good-hearted liberals, there are some of those. They exist. They are in the minority when it comes to the Democratic Party. They are in a vast minority when it comes to our media, for sure. Okay, the fact is that the strange new respect being garnered by some of these Republicans will evaporate literally the moment their agenda comes into conflict with the agenda of the left. I know this because I got some of this in 2016, right? In 2016, I didn't vote for either of the candidates. I said neither one of these people meets my minimum qualifications to be president of the United States. And I got a few nice articles from some of the big newspapers, the strange new respect. And then literally the minute I said, oh, yeah. And by the way, I also like Trump's judicial picks. It was like, oh, well, we always knew that he was a crazy right winger liking Trump's judicial picks. That just shows that he's in league with fascism. And this is the game that the left loves to play. You're going to be their friend so long as they can use you to serve a particular agenda. And then you are the enemy. Well, right now, the left is going whole hog, full bore in attempting to use what happened at the Capitol riot. Again, an act of nearly unprecedented evil, right? It was the second storming of the American Capitol building in American history. It's like 1812 and now, right? So that, that was a very, very ugly, horrifying incident. We are very lucky it didn't get a lot worse because there is some pretty solid evidence that people in the building wanted to do actual violent harm to Vice President Pence, to members of the Senate, to members of Congress. Also, members of the media, members of the tech companies, Members of the Democratic Party are seeing this as just a way to, as, as a pretext, frankly, to shut down other alternative sources of information. We saw this all last week. We saw it some of the week before. We've been seeing it for a long time. This goal of the left, which was to sort of chip away at the, at the facade of free speech until it crumbles. Well, now they're not just chipping away. They've grabbed the jackhammer and they are just going to work. Everybody who supported Trump in any way is now guilty. You're a racist. Therefore, your rights do not matter as much as other people who are not racist, meaning they agree with the folks over at CNN. If you're on Facebook, if you're on Twitter, if you have any following, well, you know, you are a danger to the republic because you know what would be great? Unity, unity through surrender. All you guys have to do is just surrender and then we'll have unity again. Isn't that an exciting piece of news? And there is no question that this is the agenda that is going to be pursued. Now, there, there are two agendas that are scary for people who are conservative. One is the sort of legislative agenda of the Democratic Party, which does run contrary to American perceptions of rights on everything from economics to freedom of speech to freedom of religion. And we'll be talking about all of those 
legislative infringements, those executive infringements against your rights under the Constitution of the United States. But there is something else that's happening, and that is the continuation, the deepening, the broadening of a social culture of ostracization, marginalization, and quashing of of dissent. That is the, the, uh, America has always run along two tracks, tracks, right? One track is the governmental, and then there's the cultural. And when the culture of the United States is censorious, when the culture of the United States is one that does not tolerate dissent, when the culture of the United States ostracizes particular points of view, very often it is only a moment before that is actually encoded in legislation. And even without it being encoded in legislation, it can make your life absolutely miserable. If you are barred from jobs because of your political point of view, if you are barred from the media through which you disseminate information, not media as in like the press, like the medium, plural, if you are if you are barred from the use of social media, for example, because your viewpoints are now considered dangerous, not on the basis of you actually posing a danger, but on the basis that perhaps some nutty person could take your views and then twist them to get to a particular conclusion, and now you can be blamed for the violence. Well, the social situation in which you live is just going to be made worse and worse. The polarization is going to get wider and wider. Unity is not going to be constructed this way. Unity is constructed through honest engagement. But what we have right now is dishonest disengagement. And you can see it. The media are pushing this hard. Why? Well, two reasons. One, they're ideologically driven to do it because they sense the kill. They sense the kill. They believe that the Obama coalition created in 2012, which was the quote-unquote coalition of the dispossessed, it was going to be a group of people who had been marginalized by American society. That was their coalition. Various racial, ethnic, sexual orientation groups all cobbled together with college-educated white women. That was going to be the new Democratic coalition. It was the coalition of the ascendant. It was going to wipe away all of the past of America and bring us into this bright new future. It was delayed by the election of Trump. It was delayed by the Republicans in 2010 when the Republicans won Congress. Well, now they're going to move ahead full steam, right? This is the backlash. And it will, they will brook no dissent. They, they will brook no discussion. The discussion is over. Now it's just time to move. Right, that is what we are getting. So there's an ideological sense in the media that now is their moment. That was now is the moment to usher in utopia. And anyone who stands in the way of utopia is an obstacle. You're either a tool or you're an obstacle in the leftist pursuit of utopia in the media. That is number one. Number two, there's an actual market reason why you want to get rid of your competitors. See, we here at the Ben Shapiro Show and at Daily Wire generally, we cut against our own market interests because we don't like to engage in either regulatory or cultural capture. What I mean by that is we have never said that people who disagree with us should be quote-unquote deplatformed. We have never claimed that you should not listen to Pod Save America. We have never claimed you should not watch MSNBC. We have suggested disagreement with those people. I've said many of those people I think are idiots, but I've never said that their advertisers should pull. I've never suggested that podcasts should be pulled from Apple Podcasts or that people who, who do shows for those outlets should not be allowed to write for popular publications. I've never suggested that any of these places ought to come down other than when I suggested that maybe mutually assured destruction has to take place because the left is aggressing in this area. Okay, but the left has a market. Now, it would be in my market interest to see all of our competitors go away. It would, right? When it comes to you making money, getting rid of your competitors is very useful, but that's not what we do here at Daily Wire. We have encouraged people to go join up with alternative services, not only on the left, but on the right, right? People who are in our direct space, quote unquote, direct competitors. Many times on the show, I have told you that you should go get a subscription at places that you enjoy, right? Places that are not us. Okay, and I thank you for doing that. Really, we thank our audience because you make it possible every single day for us to do what we do. And we couldn't be more grateful for that as we surge into new areas. Okay, but when it comes to the when it comes to the media, again, it's twofold their goal. One, ideological dissent must not be brooked. And two, what if we could just wipe away the competition? They didn't exist anymore. Wouldn't that be nice? Then you wouldn't have to worry about, you know, people watching the Ben Shapiro show as opposed to CNN daytime. What if it just didn't exist? That'd be great, wouldn't it? You know, you think I'm exaggerating here that this is not the agenda on wide parts of the left. Again, not everybody on the left feels this way. There are some liberals who believe in the possibility of having discussion and dissent and debate, but they are increasingly a minority inside their own political worldview. We'll get to the proof that this is becoming the mainstream of the Democratic Party if it is not already the mainstream of the Democratic Party in just one second. First, let us talk about the fact that this time of year, a lot of people showing up at that front door. I got people delivering groceries. You have packages from online orders that are arriving. And for me, I I always have to keep track of my kids. So I have three kids under the age of seven. They're constantly running around. I only have two eyeballs. I have three kids and my two eyeballs are fixed together. So I can't actually have one eyeball going in one direction and one in the other direction like the guy from Young Frankenstein. That means that I actually have to have ring devices around my house so I can keep track 
of my children with Ring. You can see and speak to whoever is at your door from anywhere right on your phone. You're never going to miss a visitor, whether it's your neighbor, your dinner, your groceries. You can keep those packages and deliveries safe. With motion detection, you'll get notified even if they don't ring the doorbell. If someone stops by or something is going on, Ring will let you know. I love having that Ring video doorbell. I've actually added some Ring security cameras around the house as well. No matter your home, Ring has everything you need to protect it. See and speak to whoever is at your door from anywhere with video doorbells. Keep an eye on every corner of your house with easy-to-install indoor and outdoor cams. Protect your whole home with Ring Alarm. It's a powerful, affordable whole home security system you can easily install yourself. Right now, got a special offer on the Ring Welcome Kit at ring.com slash Ben. It comes with that Ring Video Doorbell 3 and the Chime Pro. It's the perfect way to upgrade your front door. Start your Ring experience. When we moved, my wife was like, get the Ring devices on the house. One of the first things we did, go to ring.com slash Ben and do the same. That's ring.com slash Ben for the special offer on the Ring Welcome Kit. Again, ring.com slash Ben. Okay, so here is some of the proof that, that you are seeing a widespread movement to silence dissent. It's a jackboot with a smiley face on it. Really exciting stuff. So Don Lemon last week over at CNN, who again, bills himself as an objective news reporter, which is just hysterically funny. Like in, in, a, very, in a very sort of pessimistic sense, it's extremely funny like a cynically pessimistic sense. So here was uh, Don Lemon declaring that literally everybody who voted for Donald Trump is a racist, all of them, all 74 million people, and presumably members of their family. Their children will grow up to be racist. So here he is ostracizing literally half the country. It doesn't mean that a voter believes that their vote means what you think it means. Well, but it also believes, it also means that you share something with that person and you must own up to it. And you have to, we have to stop saying giving people an out for, the, for people who represent the worst behavior. Stop trying to make an excuse for people who voted for someone who has those beliefs. That you may think that you don't believe that, but in a way, what you're doing, you're complicit with it because you are voting for the same type of person. You see, you're complicit. Everything bad a candidate does, you are now complicit in. So did you know that every Democrat who was a fan of Ted Kennedy was a fan of him drowning a woman at Chappaquiddick? Were you aware that every single Democrat who voted for Bill Clinton in 1996 was totally fine with him banging women in the Oval Office using cigars? Were you aware of that? Were you totally aware that every single person who voted for Joe Biden was totally in favor of the BLM riots this summer? Like in favor of the riots themselves. Isn't that amazing? Like the worst things about all candidates, that's the stuff you're endorsing, according to Don Lemon, except he doesn't apply that logic to anybody on the left. It only applies to people who are on the right. Why? So that he can castigate them and ostracize them and then suggest that they need to be ousted from traditional American society. It's funny. Uh, there, there's a, a guy who's actually my lawyer, one of my lawyers, uh, Kurt Schlichter. So Kurt is a good dude. Yeah, served in the U.S. Army. I believe he's a lieutenant colonel in the U.S. Army. And he had a piece today talking about maybe what we're going to need on the right here at the state level is the anti-discrimination law that applies to politics. And he makes the point that we now have a situation in anti-discrimination law, where as a private actor, you're not allowed to discriminate on the basis of race, sex, sexual orientation, religion. He says, why not on the basis of politics too? Because obviously that is the next step here. We've already moved beyond no discrimination against immutable characteristics, right? It's not about race. It's not about sex anymore. Now it's about things like sexual orientation, which is a, which is a behavioral thing or religion, which is a behavioral thing. Right? So why not do it with politics as well? And so in any case, maybe that's the way that states are going to move, <laughs> is that we're going to now force private companies to hire people regardless of political orientation. Now, I'm a believer that freedom of association is still a thing. We shouldn't be doing this on any front. But if the left pushes this, that is going to be the natural reaction here. Okay, and you can see the quest to stymie, it is widespread and it is deep and the media love it. The media love it. Your denizens, the, the people who are claiming for the last several years that freedom of speech and freedom of the press were under assault in America. Blah! Right. Donald Trump was going to come to the offices of CNN and shut them down. Their ratings have never been better, by the way. Well, a former Facebook insider named Alex Stamos was talking with your most reliable source, Brian Stelter. He is the most reliable of all the reliable sources. And his job is to be a media watchdog, which basically means he watches Fox News and then muses about it. Honestly, it's really kind of a sad show. Anyway, Brian Stelter was talking with, face, with former Facebook insider Alex Stamos. And Stamos says... And you know what? The big problem here is that there are people who can get information from places that are not CNN. We need to cut that out. We need big tech companies. We need Comcast to stop broadcasting Fox News. We need people to, to just stop watching things on YouTube. What if YouTube just shut those down? The sh the, they're not being shy about this, guys. They're not being coy. Okay, The attempt here to, to quash the ability, socially speaking, and then eventually governmentally, of people they disagree with to speak, is very real. And they're not, being, they, they're not being in any way reticent. They're not wallflowers about this. 
Here's Alex Stamos, former Facebook insider, to the nodding of Brian Stelter, who's supposed to be Captain First Amendment over here. We have to turn down the capability of these conservative influencers to reach these huge audiences. There are, are people on YouTube, for example, that have a larger daytime, a larger audience than daytime CNN, and they are extremely radical and pushing extremely uh, radical views. And so it's up to the Facebooks and YouTubes in particular to think about whether or not they want to be effectively cable networks for disinformation. And then we're going to have to figure out the OANN and Newsmax problem. You know, that these companies have freedom of speech, but I'm not sure we need Verizon, AT&T, Comcast and such to be bringing them into tens of millions of homes. Right, we need to deplatform all of these places. Now, here's the thing. It sounds nice right, when you're talking about people who are quote unquote outliers, you know, these radicals. But who the hell is he talking about? Who's he talking about? Well, maybe he's talking about, you know, folks like Alex Jones, but I believe that Alex Jones was already pulled off of YouTube. I opposed that at the time, by the way, not because I agree with Alex Jones. I think Alex Jones is a kook and a nut, but because I don't think that these folks have any standards whatsoever. I think that their standard for people who should not be platformed on YouTube is they disagree with me. When he says that Newsmax and OANN ought to come down, I don't think that he believes that because OANN and Newsmax were saying things that were not true about Dominion voting systems and the veracity of the last vote. I think that these folks are upset because Newsmax and OANN, I think they would apply the same exact logic to Fox News. In fact, there are articles over the weekend exactly applying the same logic to what if Fox News came down? Wouldn't that be nice if we could just create the media monopoly anew? Wouldn't that just be fantastic? Wouldn't that be great in every conceivable way? They're not being shy about this gang. They want to shut down the dissemination of information. They want it. Okay, here is Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski, who, by the way, were chuckling it up with with Donald Trump. Throughout the 2015-2016 race, they were besties. Scarborough and Trump were besties with testies, man. They were just on TV hanging out all day long, you know, joking about the other candidates. And they were they were good friends. And there's a rumor that Joe Scarborough wanted to run with Donald Trump in 2016. Now, Scarborough and Mika are saying things like, you know what? It's time to make, maybe we should like deplatform Twitter and Facebook because of the riot. Not because they hate tech bros who run Twitter and Facebook, but because those are places where you can get alternative information. So this is the threat. The threat is do what we want, or we will, maybe we should just deplatform you. Maybe we should get rid of you. I mean, if you can't see the threat here, if you can't see the socially fascistic threat here, I don't know what you're watching. I don't know what country you're living in if you don't see the socially fascistic threat that has been materializing in extraordinarily rapid fashion. I mean, the, the Capitol riot was chum in the water to people who wanted to shut down freedom of speech and freedom of dissent. Those rioters did something horrible and evil. They believed lies. They believed untruths. They were, they were doing crazy things. They are criminals who should go to jail. It is also true Again, two things being true at once, that there are a bunch of people who saw this as an opportunity, and now they've ratcheted up the volume in dramatic fashion. Here was Mika and Joe talking about Twitter and Facebook. Because Facebook's algorithms were set up to cause this sort of radicalism to explode, mm. guess what happened? Their likes exploded. The people following them exploded. So, so you actually had Facebook and Twitter set up their business models in a way that would lead to the insurrection Creative against the United States of America. It is on them. And here's the best news of all. Members of the media, they cannot identify their own bias. You see, from where they sit, they don't even understand what I'm saying. It doesn't even compute. It doesn't compute. If you say to them, guys, you know, you at CNN, you have a bias and you've disseminated inf misinformation many, many times. You spent four years pushing the Russian collusion nonsense. You, you suggested that the Covington Catholic kids were a bunch of racists. You, you, the members of the media spent months declaring that riots were not riots. They were mostly peaceful protests. Like you, you spent months declaring that every death in the United States because of COVID was because of Donald Trump. I mean, like you guys disseminate information on an extraordinarily regular basis. And sometimes you have to actually pay up in lawsuits. CNN was sued and they paid a settlement to the Covington Catholic kids. And, but if you say that to them, they're like, yeah, but we're different. We're totally different than anybody else because we are objective. It's not just that they masquerade as objective. It's that they have, they have imbibed into their bones the lie that they are objective. They've imbibed into their bones the idea that they hold themselves to a higher standard. They do not. They hold themselves to a lower standard because in many cases they are more dishonest. They are extraordinarily dishonest, not in that they are telling overt lies all the time, but in that they lie about themselves. They lie about what they are and what they are not. If you think that Don Lemon or Chris Cuomo or yes, Jake Tapper, that they don't have political opinions, and I like Jake, that they do have political opinions and it is fairly obvious they have political opinions. They do have audiences and they do cater to those audiences. That's why they're on the air and the audiences have political opinions. Now, last week when there was this big hubbub about Politico, because I wrote the Politico playbook, ooh, world shattering event. 
I got a call from somebody over at, at Politico and I was talking with that person. And I said, you know, the reason that you're getting this blowback is because 80 to 90% of your readership is on the left. And they're like, no, I don't think that's true. I was like, then why didn't you get blowback for Chris Hayes the day before? Like, well, you know, Chris isn't that controversial. Chris isn't that controversial. Seriously? Or alternatively, you have no idea what your own audience is. You have such a perverse, bizarre, funhouse mirror version of yourself that you are the only objective voice in a world of bias. It's kind of self-serving, don't you think? Okay, we'll get to the, the complete lack of self-awareness among members of the media, which allows them to, to push forward with a censorious social sphere in just one second. First, let us talk about the fact that if you've got a medical condition and you haven't gotten it solved, that's a mistake by you. You should not be making that mistake. Some medical conditions are you know, weird to talk about, difficult to talk about, awkward. Erectile dysfunction, high on the list. Well, with Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will then ship you real medicine with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, discreet. Getting started is really easy. Just go to GetRoman.com slash Ben. Complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to talk about. Now there is Roman. Complete that online visit today to connect with a doctor and get it taken care of. Just head on over to GetRoman.com slash Ben to get up to 50 bucks off your first month of ED treatment. A free online visit, free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash Ben. For up to 50 bucks off your first month of ED treatment, GetRoman.com. Dot com slash Ben. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N dot com slash Ben. You got a medical issue? Just go get it solved today. Get Roman.com slash Ben to get up to 50 bucks off your first month of ED treatment, a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Get Roman.com slash Ben. So here's a perfect example of the media misunderstanding their role in the current debate, not understanding their own bias. So H.R. McMaster, the former national security advisor to President Trump, he was on CNN and he was talking about media polarization. He said, you know, we have a couple different sets of media. They are catering to completely different audiences. And McMaster was talking about media polarization. And Jake Tapper responded by saying that, no, there's no media. You know, it's really only polarization from one side. If you want lies, then you don't come here. Hmm. Yes. If you, if you, it's true. CNN is completely down the middle. Only people who want the truth go to CNN. I mean, honestly, I like Jake personally. It, it, this is so out of touch with reality. Here, here is H.R. McMaster and Jake Tapper. We have to look at your profession, Jake, the media. You know, why is it that, that people who lean in one direction politically watch one cable news station, some who lean in another direction watch yours or, or another one? Okay, I mean, the only I don't want to get into a conversation about CNN. We have a whole show that does that called Reliable Sources. But I will say there are channels in which lies are told and there are channels in which facts are told. And people who want the lies, they don't come here. They go to a different channel. Um, no, actually. People who want a particular point of view go to CNN and MSNBC. And people who want another political point of view go to Fox News or Newsmax or OANN. And guess what? It turns out that members of the media, regardless of point of view, will sometimes disseminate lies. They will. They'll run with the story. How many months did we hear that Jacob Blake was an unarmed black man shot, to, shot nearly to death by police for no reason other than race? A lot of months, right? It turned out that was completely false. Yeah, but again, it doesn't matter. It's this perception, it's this, this self-righteous perception of the media that allows them to push forward with the idea that everybody else should just be shut down. Okay, and this is extended to the this is extended to those who are in the the legislative community. So Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, who is of course the id of the Democratic Party, she says what all the Democrats apparently are thinking, but won't say out loud because it's too stupid. Here's Representative Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez D Twitch. He said that she has now demanded resignations. She's demand well, whoop de whoop de frickin' do. She's demanding resignations. Yeah, and I demand her resignation. Wow. Is it working? No, because that's not how anything works here. Anyway, here is AOC suggesting, oh, sorry, I can't call her AOC. Apparently it's sexist or something, even though it's her Twitter handle. Representative Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, the most honorable of all Congress people, suggesting that it's time to demand resignations of like everyone she disagrees with, all of them. I have demanded the resignations of Senators Ted Cruz, Senators Josh Hawley, um, majority leader, Republican majority, or rather Republican minority leader in the House, um, McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy, um, along with, with many others. Because this is not just about political opinion or partisanship. This was about the abandonment of our sworn oath. You're... Mm. Yeah, when I think somebody who really shows fealty to the Constitution of the United States, it's the person who believes 
literally said last week that Congress should, quote unquote, rein in the media. I feel like that dry ramen guy. I'm like point up to the text of the constitutional First Amendment. Literally says Congress shall make no law. <laughs> but don't worry. She, it's all about fealty. to the. It's not about partisanship, you see, because she's a totally objective source, according to herself. The, the lack of self-awareness is truly incredible. OK, in just a second, we're going to continue with the with the rest of the self-aware brigade. OK, so meanwhile, the Washington, D.C. attorney general, a person named Carl Racine, he has been attempting to rebut some arguments of the right. So one of the arguments of the right is, you know, you guys are very much against political violence when it seems to spring from the Trump side. Um, but you weren't so against political violence when it was springing from your side of the aisle five minutes ago. The defense, apparently, from the uh, the defense, apparently, from members of the left is that, well, yeah, but it's different when our side does it. Yes, I'm, I'm noticing the double standard. Here is Washington, D.C. Attorney General Carl Racine. He says, you know, Black Lives Matter, that's, that's different from the Capitol riots. When people like General Mattis make clear that what this was was an attempted insurrection into our democratic ways, we know quite easily that the Black Lives Matter protest was unbelievably different. And by the way, do not let anyone, including Ken Cuccinelli or other elected officials, tell you that Democratic elected people did not condemn the violence that occurred during the summer protest. Yeah. They always did. No. <laughs> They always did. It was a week-long controversy as to whether Joe Biden was even going to speak up about it. Finally, he did. Took him a while. But they always did. Kamala Harris offered to bail people. She tried to bail people out of prison who were rioting. Bail them out of jail in Minnesota. Okay, but it's different when our side does it, right? Then, then well, Because we're the good side. That's, that's the way that all of this works. And the media are declaring that before there is healing, before we come together around some basic principles like facts should matter and violence is bad, there needs to be some sort of reckoning. It's always the reckoning. It's weird because there's no reckoning on the other side. When the other side does something bad, there's no reckoning. They were just correct to do it in the first place. So if you said, listen, we're not going to have a conversation about violence in politics until you guys disown the Black Lives Matter movement, which has expressed antipathy toward America's founding, antipathy toward America's principles, until you stop with the nonsense where you go nice on rioters because they're on your side or pretend that Antifa is just a philosophy and is no threat whatsoever. Before, before we get together on that, we're going to need some of that. Then it's like, no, how dare you? We've all, no, no. But when it comes to the Capitol riots, then it's like, it doesn't matter how forcefully you condemn the Capitol riots. It doesn't matter how forcefully you condemn the underlying lies. Or you say it was not true that the election was stolen. It was not true the vice president in Congress had the ability to overturn duly certified state electoral results. Doesn't matter. You are on the bad side. We have to have a reckoning. And the reckoning is shut up. That's the reckoning. There's a piece today from Melody Barnes and Carolyn Janney. Melody Barnes is co-director of the Democracy Initiative at the University of Virginia. Janney is the John Naw Professor of History of the American Civil War at the University of Virginia. They have a piece in the Washington Post titled, In a Civil War, Accountability Must Precede Healing. And then they compare this to the Civil War. And then they say that this is just like when General Lee surrendered to Ulysses S. Grant and how it was bad that Grant paroled Lee's army and sent them home on the promise they would not be disturbed by U.S. officials so long as they agreed to henceforth obey the law. They say, with no consequences for their acts of rebellion, the months after Appomattox saw former Confederates regain local and state control and bend it to their purposes. They passed black codes, which limited the freedom of four million newly emancipated men and women. They escalated violence against both African-Americans and white Southern Unionists. The Union might have been preserved by the war, but the mystic cords of memory, which Lincoln spoke of in 1861, had yet to bind the hearts and souls of Confederates to their former enemies, black and white. So first of all, why are you in the, why in the world are you comparing like normal Republicans to Confederates? I have a feeling that that might be one of the obstacles here. We're not, uh, who are the people out there who are calling for the Capitol riders not to go to jail? Is there any widespread opposition to the Capitol riders going to jail? I missed that part. But say these columnists, far from co-partners in a healing process, those who rampaged through the U.S. Capitol and others who were at home cheering them on have expressed a commitment to continued violence and upending the rule of law. Again, this is such a straw man. Who in America was cheering on the Capitol riders in any large numbers? Who? Before reconciliation can take hold, say these columnists, we must be clear about who we want to be as a nation and act on values that support the practice of democracy. We must also use our constitution, laws, and norms to defeat those who don't support them. The lesson that must be learned from the Civil War and Reconstruction is that accountability, not denial, is essential to healing. Yes, but who is calling for non-accountability for people who rioted? And the answer is virtually nobody. And yet, for some odd reason, for some weird, odd, strange reason, it seems like they are claiming that tens of millions of Americans are in favor of what happened at the Capitol riots. And then there is the deeper perspective 
from Christina Beltran. She's an associate professor of social and cultural analysis at New York University, again, a member of our uh, elite ruling class. She had a piece over the weekend in Washington Post saying to understand Trump's support, we must think in terms of multiracial whiteness. So she's trying to understand how many people in the Latino community voted for Donald Trump and how many members of the black community voted for Donald Trump. Her answer is they're actually white because black whiteness is a serious problem. It sounds like an oxymoron to you, but it actually, apparently, according to this professor, it's a real thing. What are we to make of, of the leader of the Proud Boys, who is uh, of Latino descent, and more broadly, of Latino voters inspired by Trump? What are we to make of un unmistakably white mob violence that also includes non-white participants? I call this phenomenon multiracial whiteness, the promise that they, too, can lay claim to the politics of aggression, exclusion, and domination. Mmm, good stuff here. Right, so basically, anybody who voted for Trump and is not white, just they're, they're still white. They just don't know they're white. But don't worry, this is bringing the country together, you see. It's all bringing the country together because if you can claim white supremacy lies at the root of your opposition, well, then you can just ignore them and you can excise them from American public life. Speaking of which, today, there's a piece in the Washington Post from Kevin Blackstone. Kevin Blackstone most famously suggested back in 2013 that the national anthem of the United States was political and shouldn't be played at basketball games because or football games because it was a war anthem. He said on ESPN it was a war anthem. Nothing happened to him. Now, he is suggesting, of course, that Kelly Loeffler, the, the defeated, soon-to-be former Georgia senator, who owns the Atlanta Dream, which is a WNBA franchise, that she should be forced out of the WNBA, forced out of it, because she was thinking of challenging the electoral votes in Congress, but then decided not to. So for that, she should be forced out of her position. Okay, this is how it's going to go, guys. People are going to be forced out of public life. The media are into it. The media love it. This is what they want. They are desperate for it. And then people wonder why the country is so divided. The country is so divided because you have one half of the country that would like to excise the other half of the country. That does tend to create a few divisions. And you can see this in the polling. There's a brand new Washington Post poll. Okay, and it's all about the incoming Biden administration. It says that only 49% of Americans have a great deal or a good amount of confidence that Joe Biden will make the right decisions for the country's future. That would be 89% of Democrats, of course, but only 43% of independents and 12% of Republicans. So nobody is actually all that confident in Joe Biden. Beyond that, when it comes to things like race, only 51% of Americans believe that they have a good deal of confidence or any confidence in, um, in Joe Biden to address unequal treatment because of race. Only 50% of Americans believe that Joe Biden is going to improve America's standing in the world. Less than half of Americans believe that he's going to rebuild the economy. And they, like the, the polarization here is pretty extreme. And the reason the polarization is pretty extreme is because there is actually no attempt to understand anybody on the other side of the aisle. There's only an attempt to excise everybody on the other side of the aisle. And the media cheering it on, cheering it on. You want to know, I, I talk about the media a lot, but the media is the chief method by which you get your information. Okay, it's like if somebody has a vision problem and it turns out that no matter what they see, it is always in a particular shade. You might say, oh, maybe it's the glasses you're wearing. Maybe it's the, the media are the glasses the American public wears. If those glasses happen to be tinted a particular shade, every, a particular shade of blue, everything is going to be viewed through those, through those spectacles. And if somebody ever says, hey, you might want to try this other pair of glasses, and then... The members of the media are like, no, you can't try those other pair of glasses. Those other pair of glasses can make you into terrorists. Yes, that may have something to do with our common polarization. By the way, the media, the media monopoly that they are attempting to set up here through social pressure against the big tech companies ongoing, through social pressure against you, through social pressure against your employers. What does it result in? Does it result in the kind of balance and objectivity that they proclaim it's going to result in? I will show you some pretty hardcore evidence that no, all they want to do is just establish a monopoly on your informational sources while providing you with democratic propaganda. It is obvious every single day. And people always said that, you know, Trump, he was unique. He attacked the press. No, folks on my side of the aisle, my parents canceled the LA Times in the mid-90s because of the bias of the LA Times. This is a long problem. And the media's decision to become a tool of one political party as opposed to the other is one of the greatest exacerbating factors in the conflict that, that, is, that is ripping apart American everyday life. We'll get to more of this in just one second. First, let us talk about the fact that right now you probably have a balance on your credit cards and it has a higher interest rate than you would prefer. Right? An easy, easy way to get in serious loads of debt is to take out uh, a loan on the credit card and then not pay it back because pretty soon those start racking up at exorbitant charges. 
If you're thinking about the high interest rate credit cards you used over the holiday, it's time to refinance those credit cards. Only Lightstream was ranked number one by J.D. Power for customer satisfaction with personal loans. Lightstream's credit card consolidation loans, they start at just 5.95% APR. With auto pay and excellent credit, it could save thousands in interest. You can even get your money as soon as the day you apply. Apply today for a credit card consolidation loan from the company J.D. Power, ranked number one for customer satisfaction in personal loans. Plus, you can get an additional interest rate discount at lightstream.com slash Shapiro. That is L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash Shapiro. Subject to credit approval, rates range from 5.95% APR to 19.99% APR include 0.50% auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply. Offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash Shapiro for more information. Okay, in just a second, we are going to get back to the proof that the media who are attempting to establish a monopoly on your ability to see information, uh, that they are a little biased, just a little, just a little, that their perception of themselves is not accurate. First, let me remind you, last Thursday was an awesome day for Daily Wire. We made our first entrance into entertainment content with our first feature film, Run, Hide, Fight. It is awesome. It is an awesome movie. You wonder how awesome the movie is? Head on over to Rotten Tomatoes, because what we do here at Daily Wire is we make stuff you love and the critics hate. That's what we do. Because if the critics hate it, there's a good shot that you're going to love it. Okay, at least from our perspective. Right now, the Rotten Tomatoes rating from the critics on Run, Hide, Fight is like 14%. The audience rating is 97% positive. Why? Because the movie kicks ass. It's really great. Okay, the movie is an excellent thriller. It has the values that you like. It promotes heroism. It derides villainy. It's exciting. It is not a preachy movie. It is just a good movie. If you missed it, head on over to Daily Wire. You can stream it on demand from our website, mobile, or streaming apps on Apple TV and Roku. If you aren't a member yet, use promo code RHF for Run, Hide, Fight, RHF to get 25% off. That is RHF, and you get 25% off your membership. Now, as I mentioned, it is not a political movie. It is just an awesome movie. It's about a 17-year-old girl who is fighting her way against school shooters. It's great. And we picked up the movie after Hollywood refused to. And the critics, again, gave it a low rating. We know that it's awesome because our audience loves it. 97, 98% over at Rotten Tomatoes. So if that's you, if you saw the movie, and despite what the left thought would happen, actually you have something good to say about it, please, I want you to share it with the world. Head on over to Rotten Tomatoes and write a review online. It's time conservatives' opinion are heard in the world of entertainment. This is just our first step toward doing that. We have other stuff in the pipeline. It's going to be awesome. We are excited to bring you great stories Hollywood refuses to tell. We hope you'll join us. Become a member today over at dailywire.com. Remember, you'll get 25% off when you use promo code RHF. So head on over to dailywire.com. Become a member, watch the movie, use the promo code RHF for 25% off. This is the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. Hey, so that, that new, that new wonderful, clean and pure dissemination of information, the organs of our media, the ones that you trust, right? Have you, you go there for facts. That's all they'll give you is facts, right? It's not that they're trying to set up a propaganda monopoly on behalf of their own ideological point of view. And by the way, it also helps their, their pocketbook. It couldn't be that. It couldn't be that. I know how objective our media are because I watched a CBS Sunday interview with Kamala Harris by Jane Pauley. Okay, like, and, and I will tell you, this is interviewing the likes of which I have not seen since, I don't know, like somebody in, in the Soviet Union bootlicked Stalin. Like, I mean, this is, this is, really, this is really solid stuff right here. This is, this is the kind of hard-hitting journalism you are going to be getting for the next four years. And everybody who doesn't believe this is hard-hitting journalism, it's probably misinformation that they're saying it's not hard-hitting journalism. So Kamala Harris, who is one of the most phony politicians I have ever seen in my life. It's like Hillary Clinton got more phony. And Kamala Harris is as, as purely artificial as any character I have seen in American politics, right or left. And whenever she gets into an awkward situation, she breaks into the, the crazy joker laugh. The media realized how phony she was back in January of 2020 when she dropped out of the race. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, she was really a terrible candidate. And then they have to manufacture enthusiasm for her. By the way, they're not doing her any favors because eventually when she runs for president, they'll have set up a bubble around her. The problem is when the media set up a bubble around her, presuming they haven't actually shut down all the alternatives, somebody will prick that bubble and then the entire bubble collapses. That's what happened to Hillary. They protected her as though she was the precious for years and years and years. And then Donald Trump was like, she's terrible. And it was like, oh, my God, she is terrible. And she just collapsed. Okay, well, Kamala Harris is an awful, awful candidate. She's a bad politician. She is venal. She is, she is off-putting. Okay, everybody knows this. Everybody knew this. She dropped out of the Democratic primaries again after having lied about Joe Biden being a racist and then having suggested maybe Joe Biden should drop out because Joe Biden was a sexual harasser. And she did all of those things. I know we're going to pretend that didn't happen. That all happened. And then she dropped out. And everybody's like, yeah, she was really bad. Then Biden plucked her from semi-obscurity and was like, hey, a black woman, I need for my kid. My- 
That's what I need, a black lady. So here she is. And then, oh my God, she's unbelievable. Where did you come up with Kamala? She was there five seconds ago. She was there like literally five seconds ago. She was right there. And you were like, she's terrible. And then Joe Biden was like, ding. And all of a sudden, oh, she's, wow. She wears Converse, guys. Like she, she's so real. She wears Converse. Only real people wear Converse. I mean, if she, if she wore like, you know, fancy, fancy, you know, if she wore fancy shoes, like then, then that would also be awesome. But she wears Converse, which means she's a real person. Okay, so here was Kamala Harris. She did an interview with uh, Jane Pauley. I remember this kind of uh, just absolutely sycophantic treatment. Mike Pence receiving this. I remember this. I remember the softball interviews with Mike Pence, where they talked about what a wonderful man Mike Pence was and his tremendous family life. Oh, wait, that never happened ever, not for a single iota of time. Here was uh, Jane Pauley interviewing Kamala Harris. You, you have to subscribe to Daily Wire, honestly, so you can see clips like this, because it, it doesn't do it justice for you to hear clips like this. You need to subscribe so you can see visibly clips like this because Jane Pauley's reaction is, is everything here. It's not Kamala Harris in this. Like Kamala Harris is just as phony and awful as she always is. It is Jane Pauley's reaction to this clip that is just, it's just astonishing. It's astonishing. It's everything. Here is uh, Kamala Harris being interviewed by the very objective journalist Jane Pauley over at CBS, CBS Sunday. I was raised to understand many people will tell you it is impossible, but don't listen. I mentor a lot of people and I tell them that there will be people who will say it's not your turn, it's not your time, no one like you has done it. And I'll tell them, and don't you listen. And then I will go on to tell them, I eat no for breakfast. <laughs> ah! What is that? What in the world is that? So Kamala Harris breaks into the crazy joker cackle. Right, because that's that's her only line. I, I don't know what's going on with her, but she she like is constantly breaking into this weird. Like she starts the sentence with laughter, and then she ends the sentence with laughter, and it's not funny. So you mostly get the impression that she has somehow been dumped into a vat of the Joker's laughing acid, right? That that weirdly makes you laugh for no apparent reason. Okay, so she does that, and what does Jane Polly do? She starts mirroring it. She starts mirroring it. Right, the, the expression, I'm going to describe it to you because if you can't see it, you, you should have it described to you. Her reaction is that she goes into an enormous, enormous, open-mouthed, astonished smile, increasing in enthusiasm and craziness. It's wild. It's why I played again, because it's, it's insane. <laughs> what is that? What is that? Okay, I'll tell you what that is. That's your entire media, One Face with the Democrat. That's your entire media. That, that is the face of your media. Capture it. Put it on your wall. That is the face of the entire media anytime a Democrat is elected. When it was Barack Obama, that was the media's face. When it's Kamala Harris, that is the media's face. When it's Joe Biden, that is the media's face. But these are the people who are super objective. They are your guides, don't you see? They will tell you when dissemination of information is improper. They will shut down Facebook and Twitter because, God forbid, shows like this one should have greater ratings than the midday crap they put on at CNN. That is the face of your media. Jane Polly, face of the media, give her an Emmy right there. That is it. That is the face of your media forever. Okay, the Orwell line, the Orwell line is that the future of America is, the, is a, a, the, the future of Western civilization under dictatorship would be a boot stamped on the human face forever. The future of your media is that Jane, Jane Polly face forever, for all time, right? That is the, because that, those, those are your truth tellers. Those right there, those are your truth tellers. And it's not just Jane Polly, of course. I'm, I'm suggesting she's representative of the media because she is representative of the media when faced with Kamala Harris, who has now been deemed wondrous, wondrous. Somebody came into the studio this morning like, all my friends love Kamala Harris. No, they don't. No, they don't. They've been told that they should love Kamala Harris. Nobody in American politics, if, she, if people liked her, Kamala Harris, she would have scored more than zero in the Democratic primaries. Zero. I was like, no, you've just been convinced because they're going to have, like they had a full controversy for a week over the Vogue cover of Kamala Harris, which was supposedly disrespectful because she was wearing Converse, which she does. Okay, amazing. Okay, but I don't stop there when I, when I bring you stories of the media's boot-licking slavishness to, to the Democratic Party. How about this one? This is from the religion section over at the Washington Post. Okay, remember, not an op-ed. It's from the religion section. Joe Biden's Catholicism is all about healing. Now he will lead a suffering America. Did Castro's press do any better than this? How about, like Hugo Chavez's press was like just like that. 
Joe Biden's Catholicism is all about healing? Is it though? He's been denied communion on the basis of his unwillingness to support pro-life views. Okay, is his Catholicism, it's all about healing. He's like the Pope. He's like the woke Pope. It's really exciting. Now he will lead a suffering America. I can't wait for Joe Biden to grant me some Catholic absolution. I just, I can't wait for it. I'm honestly, I'm super excited about it. Because when I think of just a brand of Catholicism that heals America, it's definitely the brand of Catholicism that says that we should let boys into girls' locker rooms, that we should shut down religious freedom on the basis of quote unquote transgender rights, and that we should ensure that abortion is made available to as many people as humanly possible. That sounds like super Catholic stuff to me. This is in the religion section, religion section of the Washington Post. Pitching himself as president, Joe Biden promised to heal America's hurting soul. His experiences with suffering and healing were well-known, including the deaths of his wife and two children, his struggle against stuttering, many political losses. On a bigger stage than ever, Biden was trying to show the country how he did it through his Catholic faith. Now, Biden will lead a nation deeply in need of healing, with soaring coronavirus cases, thousands dying daily, millions out of work, hunkered down in isolation, he is not facing one America but two, each claiming with new religious fervor that God and righteousness are on its side. As divided as any are Biden's own people, U.S. Catholics, with millions who don't even see him as a legitimate Catholic at all because of his support for abortion access and LGBTQ equality. And the question is how the country will adjust to a man whose faith doesn't feature literal Bible-waving promises to save Christianity or threats that political opponents might eliminate God. Biden presents a less common image, a devout, church-going liberal. The country will soon observe for the first time a president who goes to mass every Sunday, plus on Catholic feast days and sprinkles conversation casually with scripture, religious hymns, references to religious history, but describes faith's purpose in general, inclusive terms as sustenance for the weary, encouragement for the suffering, and obligation to welcome and care for one another. Wow, I mean, that sounds controversial to me. Wow, I can't, why, why would anybody disagree with Joe Biden? I mean, the man's obviously in favor of every good thing and against all the bad things. And his Catholicism is super duper pooper scooper unifying. So that's exciting. Meanwhile, as if that uh, pathetic interview from Jane Polly wasn't enough, Jessica Bennett over at the New York Times has a piece today called Kamala Harris Will Make History. So will her big blended family. Stepkids, nieces, a doting husband, his ex-wife, what the Harris Emhoffs can show the country. Um, remember that time when the media decided that Mike Pence was a very, very bad man because he's been married to one woman for his entire life? And not only has he been married to one woman his entire life, he asks her permission before he goes out one-on-one -on -one with women from the office because he wants to respect her. Remember that? That was a national controversy. Well, Kamala Harris's family is now fair game, but only insofar as they are just the most wondrous of all the wondrous people. So much wonder, so much wonder. Guys, if you view anything that is not this, you must, you're engaging in wrong thinking and you must stop that. You must stop that immediately. Now, what is all of this in service of? What is all of this in service of? Is it going to be in service of a moderate agenda, an agenda that brings America together? Because that's what I've been informed, right, is that he's bringing America together with faith. Because when I think of faith leaders, I think of Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. Okay, but he's going to bring us all together. But he shouldn't bring us all together with like actual, you know, moderate policy where we kind of reach some sort of consensus. He should bring us together by cramming. Again, all of this is about the cram down. All of this is about a monolithic media propagandizing on behalf of Joe Biden so he can cram down radical policy. That's what this is. It, it, it is rife throughout his administration on every issue, on virtually every issue. Hey, he's not going to be standing up to the radical left. He's just going to be mainstreaming the radical left. That's all he's going to be doing. We all know this. This is not a secret. Okay, Joe Biden is, is a political phony. He has been a political phony his entire life. There's nothing new about this. He's been in Congress since he was 30 years old. He was actually too young to serve in the Senate when he was elected. Okay, he's been in Congress since he was now seven years younger than I am. He's been living on the public toll that long. And he's a lifelong politician, but he is a man of moderation and principle, or alternatively, he's just a tool for whatever the prevailing ideology of his party is that day. And the prevailing, prevailing ideology of his party is radical leftism. Okay, uh, just going to take one example really fast. Here is Joe Biden's deputy science policy chief talking about COVID-19. So COVID-19 should be the least political element of all of American life. Heal the sick. Make sure those are most vulnerable. Get the vaccine. Instead, it becomes innately political. Here was Alondra Nelson, the Social Science Research Council president for Princeton University, social science chair, social science chair, not hard science chair, social science. Social science is like where they where they do these studies that either confirm what you already knew or are badly flawed. Here is uh, Alondra Nelson suggesting the what, what we need to do about COVID-19. Perhaps never before in living memory, 
have the connections between our scientific world and our social world been quite so stark as they are today. The COVID-19 crisis has inflicted extraordinary suffering, but it has also held up a mirror to our society, reflecting in its deadly wake, resource gaps and medical disparities, the inequality we've allowed to calcify. Ah, there we go. So again, every single element of American life is going to be geared toward the utopian agenda. It's not about moderation. It's about shut up. That's the next battle. That's, that's been the battle all along here, by the way. That is the next battle. All righty, we'll be back here later today with an additional hour of the Ben Shapiro Show coming up soon. The Matt Walsh Show airing at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to check it out. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is the Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Colton Haas. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Production manager, Pavel Wydowski. Our associate producers are Rebecca Doyle and Savannah Dominguez. The show is edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant, Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright 2021. The Washington Post has come up with a way to account for non-white people who are Trump supporters. The media hurries to provide publicity to right-wing militias that don't seem to be very right-wing, and a public health expert insists that it's healthy and wise to exercise outdoors with a mask on. All of that and more today on The Matt Walsh Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 